You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. COVID-19 pandemic. We hear about it every day, but what does it look like? How has it impacted our communities, our congregations, especially in our rural communities? Joining us today, the Reverend Todd Kolbaum, pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Madison, Nebraska, and director of LCMS Rural and Small Town Mission. Pastor Kolbaum, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. And Pastor Mark Triplett from St. Mark and St. John Lutheran Church in Rushford, Minnesota, and also chairman of the board of directors for Ongoing Ambassadors for Christ. Pastor Triplett, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, really great to be here. This uh, the pandemic has certainly made a global impact, and we see different ways that it has impacted this world, especially um, it, we see how it impacts people, certainly physically. Uh, mainstream media certainly makes, um, there's, there's no shortage of how it impacts <laughs> people physically, medically, and we, we've talked about emotionally how it impacts us as well. How is it impacting our communities as well? Uh, before we get into how it has impacted our communities, um, I'd like to hear from each of you what your communities were like before the pandemic and, and the communities where you live and where you serve. Pastor Kolbaum, let, let's start with you. What is uh, described for us Madison, Nebraska prior to the pandemic? Well, Madison, Nebraska is a town of about, uh, oh, 21, 2200 people. And it's um, north, northeast Nebraska, just a farming community, uh, very ag-related. We're south of Norfolk, Nebraska. So that's the, the most urban area around us, although that's a town of just a, a few thousand people. So it's, it's not like it's anywhere uh, near uh, the metropolis of Omaha or something like that. Um, it's a bustling town. It's uh, home to a packing plant, a, a pork packing plant uh, owned by Tyson. And uh, a lot of a lot of farmers, a lot of people, multi generation farmers that have kept the farms, and of course they've grown. Uh, Trinity Lutheran Church uh, sits in the middle of the community and has been serving here for for a very long time. Uh, the building we're in is is built in 1951, I believe, and so it is home to uh, about 250 members. And before the pandemic, we were, we, you know, we had worship attendance of about, um, you know, 130 some on on a weekend. Uh, great, uh, great community. It's uh, multicultural. We've got about uh, 50% Hispanic population. Uh, we've got a small population of, of uh, folks who uh, are, are Burmese and and of course uh, uh, Caucasian folks. Um, it's a it's a community that's really settled into that. It's not transitory, um, but now it's kind of interesting. That's the pre-pandemic view where you saw all these folks kind of interacting and and working together and side by side, and and since then the the tenor of this uh, very friendly, warm little community has has really. Um, it's changed pretty dramatically over the last month. Hmm. Pastor Triplett, how would you describe Rushford, Minnesota? Yeah, um, I would say that where we're at is kind of Lutheran farm country. So um, we're in the southeast corner of Minnesota, 
uh, very familiar to much of the southern Minnesota part of the state and some of North Minnesota with very um, fertile farmland, um, a lot of farm fields that people um, are farming when there's no snow um, on the ground. Um, and so we are um, in a river valley, if you will, uh, kind of feeding into the Mississippi River. So you drive two miles south of me um, and there's like these rock cliffs like you wouldn't believe. And there's this big biking trail where they changed a railroad into a bike path. Um, and then there's a r river goes right through the town. So lots of canoeing and tubing that goes on here. Um, so that's the tourist side of things. But right where, where so the, there are two congregations, one's in town and one's four miles north of town. Um, the, the one in town is a daughter congregation of the one in the country. The one in country has been here like 100 and 65, 170 years or better um, in the country. Uh, used to have a Lutheran school, closed that, but still support any families that send their kids off to Lutheran parochial school just 15 miles north or 20 miles east. Um, in Winona, you might have seen that in the Super Bowl commercial. That's like 20 miles down the road from where I'm at. But uh, like the neighborhood of where I'm at here, I call it Lutheran farm country because there is uh, hogs and beef right across the road from me. And then right across the church parking lot is um, beef cattle. All of these farms that I'm going to be listing are Lutheran farmers. You go one mile north up the road from me and there's four dairies, um, that 700 head, some got, you know, 40 head of cattle. And then you go um, a little bit further north and you've got the goats, you've got the dairies and you've got the sheep farms um, all hanging out. And then you go south of me a mile and you've got hogs, you've got sheep. You've got Metz Farmland uh, Creamery, uh, where you can go to your local Hy-Vee now and request um, cheese curds from Metz uh, Farmland Creamery, and you'll get it right there at your store, wherever you're at, um, for Hy-Vee. So, I mean, it's just uh, crazy, just country that we live in. But there's a lot of um, wives, kids, relatives who are still in the area that are connected to farming, but they're also going and commuting, um, which is the same thing. Like, I used to be up in the Twin Cities area. Um, where there's a lot of families that are commuting to health um, programs or to like supportive um, jobs with construction trades and things like that. So they work at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, which is 40 miles up the road, or they work at Winona Health or Gunderson Health, the lacrosse area um, uh, type thing. So there's just a lot of people that are working in these medical facilities and nursing homes as well as um, the farming community. So we kind of get a double impact here in this area. So, Pastor Triplett, how has uh, how has the pandemic affected those vocations of the people in your congregation? Yeah, so I mean, we're seeing not just not just locally, but regionally, and then on to nationally affected here because you know our farmers are driving hogs down to Iowa. They're driving them over to you know the west side of the state to Worthington or over to the Smithfield, you know, where the Smithfield closed and that made national news here recently. Um, so there's there's a lot of you know things going on for especially for the farmers um, where you know for example with the meat packing of the pork like I didn't understand this until I sat down to talk with them is that the hogs are only there for four to six months in their barns and then they get the next batch of hogs that come in so when the slaughtering houses are closed and they can't get those hogs in the ones that are growing up after them they don't have space for them. Because you have so much space for small pigs and you got so much space for bigger hogs. And so then once you've got leftover big hogs, then you got to decide, well, what am I going to do? And the meatpacking plants only take them at like 250 pounds or whatever their set weight is because their tables, their cutting machines, everything is set for this perfect sized hog. 
So if you go over that, they charge you an overage and already the, the, the farmers are at break even. And that's that's in every industry that I'm going to describe here is they're, they're at break even. And, and now with this pandemic and they're not able to get the money that they have, from them, they're not able to feed them and, and bring in the care that they need for them. You know, the beef industry, it's the same thing. You have to have a certain meat to fat ratio when you take it into the meat packers. And if you don't if you don't have that. And you're, you're not able to get the money for, for the animal that, that you've got. With the dairy industry, we've had a really rough couple of years. You know, a large number of our Wisconsin dairies that are, you know, 100 head or less have closed. And that was a lot of Missouri Senate families. I mean, last year, two years ago, we were hearing something like 15 or better farmers that were committing suicide because they didn't know what else to do with the family farm that's been generations owned as you... You heard the other pastor say here that they, this family has owned it for generation after generation, and then they feel like they're failing the generations before them because they can't continue forward. They can't continue in the same way. I mean, this family has always been a dairy family, you know, and now how, how do we step forward? And the same thing with the chicken, the turkey, the poultry, like the restaurants aren't having as many, you know, meat products going to them anymore. Um, the schools aren't getting the regular, you know, agreements that they had set up with these meat companies. So they don't have the places um, to send that as much as, as they used to. Um, and then with the crops, I mean, we've had a bad two years in most of the country with wet, wet springs and wet, wet falls. And that doesn't allow you to get your crops in and out and get money for them. And you're already at the break even point, And then you've got nowhere to sell it because the petroleum plants are closing. You're, you're not able to take it to the corn manufacturer anymore. You can't ship it overseas to China and other places that you used to. Um, so you're sitting on grain with nowhere to go and no money coming in, and it, it hurts. Pastor Kolbaum, you mentioned earlier the diversity of your community. Um, and, and what does that look like? And you alluded to that your community has certainly changed quite a bit since the pandemic has hit. How has the pandemic affected the vocations of those in your congregation as well? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I, I really appreciate what Pastor Triplett had to say because it really shows you kind of the trickle-down effect uh, of what's happening. We have a, a couple of kind of unique uh, uh, scenarios that are playing out here. Number one, uh, a year ago uh, in March, uh, really about the same time as, as they were announcing uh, the social distancing and, and we were going to have to uh, not have in-person church services and things of that nature was right about a year to the day of when the flooding happened here in northeast Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, so these farmers are getting double whammied. They got nailed last year by the flooding. Uh, and so that was a tough recovery. And then now um, they're experiencing all those things that Pastor Triplett was talking about. And so the, the communities really, by and large, had done a nice job of recovering and the farmers were doing their thing. We're very fortunate here in the in the immediate Madison area that the flooding wasn't as bad here, but certainly north and south of here it was. Um, but you do, you get that, that trickle down effect. And so when... Um, when the the plants are having trouble especially these packing plants are having trouble and 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 the covid virus is is kind of sweeping through them uh, and we're seeing that in multiple places here in nebraska and it's really hitting our community where we've got in our in our public health district uh we've got the lion's share probably 90 percent of the cases that are um that are in our public health district came out of uh 
our community. And so you're seeing that trickle down. So you're having folks, um, I, I talked about it in my sermon this last weekend, uh, where you saw a lot of friendly faces and, and folks, um, you know, really just, you know, good Midwestern values didn't matter, uh, you know, ethnically where you were from. You just kind of saw that same thing happening and families uh, gathering. And now you're seeing a lot more fear. You're seeing a lot more, uh, they're nervous because of the trickle down effect. It's not just the farmers, although I was just talking to one even with the the row crops, uh, the corn and soybeans, they're putting them in, but uh, they have no clue, uh, given the way prices are going and everything, uh, what's going to happen. So they're putting a crop in and they have no idea what's going to happen with that crop. Um, you know, whether they're going to be able to, to they, they're going to put it in, they're going to take it out. Um, but the money is certainly not going to cover uh, what they put in uh, to get it in the ground. And so it, it's really a challenge. And so uh, I, I've really seen kind of two things. People are for are, are are looking. You can see it in their faces. There's more fear. There's more trepidation. There's more nervous uh, nervous activities. Uh, people are are also though responding in really neat ways, and they're looking out for one another, and they are. They are trying to uh, to make sure that their neighbors are okay, and so I've seen I've seen it on the other side too, which is really heartening. Um, the, because we're in a small community, that that makes a big difference. Uh, we are we are uh, already practicing social distancing before it became the end thing to do, and. Uh, <laughs> And so that, that's been a real positive in that people are looking out for one another. And so even though there is great trepidation about what's going to happen, they're still positive. I've also seen uh, uh, what might be described as, as a hunger uh, for gathering again and gathering not just um, personally uh, in, in the community, but gathering in the churches as well. And so you see um, where we are looking at some maybe some reduced restrictions coming up uh people are really desiring to get back and and return to uh you know using air quotes uh a normalcy that that maybe they haven't seen in a long time here uh because of the major transitions that have gone on over the last two years we're talking with pastor todd kolbaum and pastor mark triplett on the impact of the covid 19 pandemic on their congregations and rural and small town communities but we're not people without hope, and we'll continue that conversation. We'll hear about that hope when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
We're talking with Pastor Todd Kolbaum and Pastor Mark Triplett about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on their congregations and their communities, both serving in rural and small town communities. Um, before we went to the break, Pastor Kolbaum, you were talking about the impact on your community and your congregation, what this this pandemic has had. But you mentioned that, uh, you, you pointed out that that there, there's a there's a longing to be together in uh, among your congregation, among your people, um, that, that they have a longing to, to come back together, even though some are experiencing um, frustration and, and not really sure where to go next, that there are many that, that want to be together. Um, what do you miss most about your congregation and being with your people during this time of social distancing? I think the biggest issue that, uh, I mean, for me, that I miss the most is just gathering together. It's um, it's rather impersonal to preach to a camera uh, week in and week out. And even huh? though... <laughs> Um, even though it gives you no feedback, um, <laughs> even though we, uh, we have probably reached, um, I can't, I can't even guess at the numbers. Uh, we tracked it for a little while. And if you take, you know, the, the common, uh, the common knowledge out there is that, you know, you take your, your online views and multiply them by two and a half because there's usually more than one person in the room. We were quintupling our attendance every Sunday um, uh, with our online uh, presence, but uh, it's still not the same. And very few of those people you're going to actually be able to track down and, and, uh, and have any contact with. Uh, but that being said, uh, I'm glad we have that. And thanks be to God, we have that opportunity to do, you know, if we were uh, uh, not very far into our past, we couldn't have reached out in any way, shape or form. However, it's simply no substitute for gathering together in person. Uh, we at Trinity have been fasting from the Lord's Supper uh, since this all hit. And our people are hungry. They want to come back. They want to be fed. And so Last Friday, the governor announced that there would be some easing of restrictions for houses of worship, uh, and we were celebrating, and I was texting my elders and saying, hey, we need to get together, and we're going to figure this out, because it, it was uh, being lifted as of May 4th, and then the health, uh, the public health department comes out and says, but wait a minute, we've got this going on, uh, you know, there in the community at the packing plant, and and so we maybe need to put the brakes on this for a little while, and and so there's that up and down, you know, you get excited about that and then you get it taken away. And how can we best uh, ensure that our, our people are still hearing the word, receiving the word, um, but more importantly, how are we maintaining connections and how are we preparing ourselves to be able to receive people back in person, especially to reach out to those folks who maybe in this time of pandemic and fear have turn to the word, at least online, virtually, how can we transition them back into our congregation uh, with welcoming arms and, and help them to, uh, to continue to receive that good news, um, maybe post-pandemic when things aren't as good um, and we still aren't living or we're maybe living this new normal. Uh, and so I think that's really been on the hearts and minds of, of really a lot of our members. Uh, they've, as I've interacted with them in different settings, um, uh, over online and Bible studies and things uh, over Zoom and whatnot. Um, that's really been an overarching theme that I keep hearing and, and that they want to gather together and they want to make sure that the folks who um, who maybe were separated uh, from the church for a while or have 
never been around the church uh, also are receiving this good news and continue to receive it. So that's that's a, that's a very encouraging scenario that we're seeing. Cool. Pastor Triplett, how have you been able to care for your congregation during this time uh, when when so many people are hurting? Yeah, like, well, I'm, I call myself a digital savvy pastor, and I already had started like my own YouTube channel, Many Cheeses with Jesus, um, and we just altered it slightly, um, is, you know, come home at night, sit down, eat some cheese, and listen to the Bible, hear pastor talk about it. So I, I put up a daily devotion when we're not doing our Facebook Live Bible study on Wednesdays or not doing our um, Facebook Live worship on Sundays um, every other day. There's a message from God's Word, and there's a fun new cheese for them to learn about. Um, as they're sitting now, which is really like a popular thing here in Minnesota and Wisconsin, um, is to kind of check out different varieties and kind of have the ones that you like in that. Um, but along those lines too, like when we f- we first had this hit, you know, you have to find out who communicates how, right? So you got to call people on the phone and find out are they on the internet or not? Are they on on Facebook or not? And you know, are they used to how to access Facebook even if they're not on Facebook as a website? Um, and so you, you have you had a lot of you know, I mean, there was probably five or six, you know, 13 hour, 14 hour days where you're picking up the phone, calling people, talking to them, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing. You got your elders doing the same thing, you know, calling around, um, checking in with your confirmation class, letting them know what's going to be the transitions and the changes. Um, but then once kind of those things settled down and you kind of found out the who's the who, um, then you step forward by giving them God's word, you know, and bringing them as much comfort as you can. Um, from the scriptures, you know, my, my cheeses with Jesus idea is to take some of the most comforting verses that we have in a three to five minute segment so that they can watch it in between, you know, going in and out of the grocery store while they're sitting there waiting on somebody else that went into the grocery store or while they're, you know, um, sitting at home, they just got the kids to bed and they need a, a peaceful moment to relax or, you know, something to that effect. But I mean, pulling out things like Isaiah um, 41 that says, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you, help you, uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or, you know, Matthew 6 and, and Luke chapter 12, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow worries about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its known. Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or your drink or your body or what you'll put on is life, not more than food. Um, and and so like we, we look to these comforting verses and see like, the, you know, God closed the grass of the field which is alive today and and thrown in the oven tomorrow. And he is going to clothe you um, even much more, you know, and just having those scripture verses, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I I remember reading the hammer of God and hearing as a young pastor, you know, that the older members kind of taught that young pastor, the faith and, you know, sitting out on the farms, going out and visiting with the members in person, even though there's this social distancing and this stay at home. I mean, they're your neighbors. They're across the fence. You know, you can you can drive up into the yard and, and sit in a gator or something, you know, and, and just chat with them outdoors where the wind's blowing and, and just check in on how they're doing. And I constantly am getting this eternal optimist from the farmers, right, is they, they always plant the seed and know that God's going to give the growth. They can do everything from their side that they can to put it in the ground and make it nice and, and let it grow up with the fertilizing and the water and whatever. But God's the one who brings the rain. God's the one who who brings the growth of those seeds. God's the one who provides the harvest time um, for them. And so they always are looking to tomorrow as tomorrow will be better or next year will be better. Like, you know, when you talk with farmers and they have these struggles that they're facing, there's just this attitude that I think the rest of the nation can almost learn from um, coming alongside the farmers is they look to God's word. They're daily praying. I can't tell you how many farmers have told me or wives have told me that you know, he came in from the field and we had that really tough decision. Like, are we going to keep in the dairy industry? Are we going to go to hogs? Are we going to go to beef cattle? Like, 
what are we going to do to try and, you know, keep ourselves floating as a farm? But we prayed about it together. We read God's word together. So as a pastor, you know, right at the beginning, I kind of saw this coming because I had friends overseas um, in different countries. And so we printed off Luther's daily prayers um, on a laminated sheet for them to have at the table um, at home. And so they could do the morning and evening prayer, just as the catechism tells us, or if you don't have um, a catechism at home or you don't have a sheet, you know, like that, you could go to um, cph.org and they've got a free uh, catechism that you can download from their website, or you can uh, go to the app store and, and put that into your, you know, smartphone and just constantly be praying um, the prayers as Luther encouraged us. You know, he encouraged us to pray the Lord's Prayer um, before and after every meal, to pray the Apostles' Creed when you wake up and when you go to bed. Um, and so to see these farm families that have that routine and encourage them in that and give them um, God's word alongside that, you know, to, to print off so that they have a hymnal or a catechism or, you know, some pastors are sending bulletins each week. Others are encouraging them to get them for 20 bucks right now or to, to have like a checkout system from the congregation where each member can get a hymnal so they can come back together again. But to constantly, you know, be present in the lives of the people, check in on them on the phone, show up to the yard. You know, if they're milkers, usually in the middle of the afternoon is a good time, but ask your farmers, hey, when can I come and visit? When can I come and say hi kind of a thing? Um, but they really just taking some opportunities to be present in their lives. With just about a minute left, uh, Pastor Kolbaum, how have you seen the members of your congregation encouraging one another? I think it's uh, uh, really been uh, kind of fun to watch how they've done it in different ways, whether it's been uh, just over Facebook and they're interacting over some of the devotions that we post uh, uh, prior to our live stream services. Uh, they're interacting with one another. Uh, they're, they're, I've seen more cards sent out. They talk about uh, how we send out cards to all these people. Um, uh, letter writing, uh, all these things that kind of we used to do a lot of, but we kind of got away from it. And uh, and just really, and, and like Pastor Triplett said, uh, just driving by and stopping for a minute on the on the curbside or out, uh, you know, in the middle of the lane, um, you know, waving and, and saying hi and just checking in on one another. Uh, the networks have really uh, uh, network support systems have really done well to to keep an eye on each other. And what's nice and encouraging is when when we do have somebody who's struggling or there's a particular issue, you know, where we have had uh, a couple of funerals and and so those are very different. You see folks showing up, uh, and it's very encouraging. They're they're still there for one another. Um, they're just kind of trying to do it in new and different ways. So it's it is very encouraging. The Reverend Todd Kolbaum is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Madison, Nebraska, and director of LCMS Rural and Small Town Mission. The Reverend Mark Triplett, pastor of St. Mark's and St. John's Lutheran Church in Rushford, Minnesota, and chairman of the board of directors of Ongoing Ambassadors for Christ. Pastor Kolbaum, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. This was, uh, it's in this unprecedented times, it's so good we have opportunities to share with one another. And pastor Triplett, thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Yeah, wonderful opportunity to share God's word and encourage one another. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. (laughs) 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.